Most of our body, when injured, can heal itself a lot of the time with proper care. Cuts, bruises, even broken bones can all heal with time. Which begs the question, why can't our teeth? When one of these frequently used mouth stones gets worn down, it can't build itself back up. At least this is true for human teeth. Some other animals like sharks can grow brand new teeth almost 50 times over. So today, we ask, why not us? And what can studying our teeth tell us? I'm Sam Marchetti, and welcome back to On the Sidelines. Joining us on the sidelines today to talk about teeth is Lauren Vamus, a master's candidate in anthropology uh, and a very good friend of mine. Uh, so Lauren, welcome. Thank you for having me. And uh, can you tell me, first of all, why, why do people only have two sets of teeth? That's, that's our audience question this week. So, I mean, the thing that we always need to remember when we're talking about the evolution of any body part is like, as you know, from taking any elementary biology class, things don't evolve to uh, be perfect. They evolve to do the best they can in their environment. And that's just based on mutations that occur naturally in the species. So the way that primates and a lot of other animals similar to us evolved was to have a set of teeth uh, that fall out and then another set of teeth that grow into it. And that's all that we need because for the vast majority of humans and other primates, once our adult teeth start to wear out, we've already had kids. So we don't need to have any system that gets us more teeth than that because according to evolution, we've hit our reproductive potential, we've had babies, and now if our teeth are getting worn down right after we have babies, evolution doesn't care because we've passed our genes on to the next generation. Interesting. So we've already kind of fulfilled the goal of eat, survive, have babies. Exactly. If we had really crappy teeth that fell apart every few years, obviously we need to have a bunch of sets of teeth because we wouldn't be able to survive to reproductive age because we wouldn't be able to eat foods. But as long as our teeth last us until we have babies, that's all evolution requires. So is that why sharks have so many sets of teeth? So they just have like crappy teeth? Exactly. Yes. That is why sharks have so many teeth. They will like ram into their prey and the teeth break. And then they have mechanisms that can replace those teeth within 24 to 48 hours. So they, the way that their group of animals evolved was to have a whole bunch of teeth that they can replace really easily. And the way our group of animals evolved was to have really good quality teeth that you never need to replace. What's with wisdom teeth? We get those like yeah. super late in life and then they just don't fit in most people's mouths. So wisdom teeth are a really funny one. Um, this is, again, a product of the concept that evolution doesn't make perfect things. It just makes the best things for their environment. At one point in our lives, we had use for wisdom teeth. We had perhaps bigger mouths that fit wisdom teeth in them better. And we were eating different objects that maybe wisdom teeth were useful in chewing. And then over time, our diets changed, our environments changed, our mouths got smaller as we changed our diets. But for whatever reason, we just happened to never get the mutation or group of mutations that would have canceled wisdom teeth in our population. And so we just never lost them. That's what we call a vestigial trait. So it's a trait like similar to our appendices that doesn't actually serve any purpose, but because it's never caused us to decrease our reproductive potential, there's never been any reason for the mutations that would cause it to stop would accumulate. So again, because our wisdom teeth, I mean, obviously they're very painful for a lot of people. If you have wisdom teeth, you're still equally as likely to have babies and pass on those wisdom teeth to your babies. So the population will never lose them. 
Interesting. So it's just like having an appendix or having a tailbone, right? Like they're not, they're useless, but they're not actually harming our ability exactly. to, you know, survive, eat, reproduce. Exactly. And as long as they're not harming our ability to survive, eat, and reproduce, there's no reason for evolution to, to cause them to go away. So we can't, we grow wisdom teeth later on in life. Mm-hmm. Why can't we grow back other teeth if they fall out? Like if I, if I'm a boxer and I get one of my teeth just fully knocked out, why can't I regrow it? Well, it's the same concept, right? We, as a species, have developed um, a big part of it is actually cultural. So we as a species have developed a lot of cultural ways to make up for teeth that we're losing. So there's examples in really old human populations of people who did lose teeth and get injured in different ways being, and actually in in like lemur populations, there's examples of, of lemurs losing their teeth and then other members of their group like chewing up the food and feeding it to them. So again, these are ways that we adapt to things like lost teeth that negate the selective pressure for evolution to allow us to grow more teeth. There's no reason for us to grow more teeth because we are not having fewer teeth isn't making us have fewer babies because of our culture, because we're kind of filling in the gap and doing the job that the teeth would have done anyway. Exactly. And so that's one reason that we're not currently losing or gaining the ability to grow new teeth. But I mean, this was happening well before we had any cultural um, reason or any cultural trend towards helping other people in our societies. It's more just because if you lose a teeth, you can still chew food. So yeah, what? there's still enough in yeah. your mouth to, to get the job done. Exactly. So what's the point of growing more? You're looking at recovered teeth that are like very, very old, yes. right? That's your kind of studying right now. Um, what are you looking at and what can we learn from these very old teeth? So you can learn a lot of really interesting things from very old teeth. Um, the, the cool thing about teeth is that tooth enamel is one of the hardest substances produced by the body, which means that when things go into the ground and um, stay there for millions of years, bones will kind of decompose, obviously hair, skin, internal organs, all gone. But tooth enamel is really resistant to di- a word called diagenesis, um, which basically means breakdown and decomposition once you're in the soil and, and chilling there. So tooth enamel is really hard and it lets those teeth be preserved. And from those teeth, we can learn a lot about what organisms were eating. And that's important because when you know about what an organism was eating and you can kind of match that with, you know, various ecological things. So, you know, you, you can you can take soil samples and you can learn about the um, other animals in the area and the other plants that were growing in the area. And you can learn about the kinds of niches that that animal was exploring, exploiting, sorry. And once you know about what kind of niches an animal was exploiting and you can kind of gather trends over time in the different niches that anim- animals occupied, you can learn a lot about what potential selective forces might have been acting on their evolution. And so when we're talking about human evolution, it's really cool to know about how an animal's interaction with its environment in terms of its diet potentially influenced how it turned into us. So it's just another clue to our kind of understanding of evolution and where we came from. Exactly. So one, one of the main things that that help that influences whether or not an organism survives is what it's eating and whether it's eating well. So it's a really big clue. So that is very interesting and it does tell us a lot about our history. Does it have any implications for us looking forward to the future? It's hard to say. It is, I mean, a lot of the things that we know about our ancient past give us clues as to how ancient hominins and hominids 
evolved in response to their ecological conditions. Obviously, our ecological conditions are very different than they ever were before because they're changing a lot quicker and we are altering our environments a lot more than any hominid has ever altered it in the past. And the other thing is that we can't just assume that the mutations that ancient animals were accumulating are the same mutations that we're going to accumulate now because we just might not for, you know, chance by chance, we just might not ever get some mutation that they had in the past. So it's hard to draw a direct line and say, well, if the humans evolved in response to a cooling climate, then then this is how they'll always respond to a cooling climate. But I think just for human curiosity, it is really interesting to know how we responded to changes in the past. Um, and in terms of our ability to respond to changes in the future, I don't think it could hurt to know how it's possible for our species to evolve and adapt to a changing climate. Thanks, Lauren. And thank you again for tuning in. And remember to subscribe for more conversations and some insightful answers to your questions about the science impacting your world. If you want to learn more about teeth, evolution, or any of the other topics we've talked about in this show, visit us on our Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok at SciForEveryone, and on our website at scienceforeveryone.ca. On the Sidelines is a podcast by Science for Everyone. It's produced by Sam Marchetti, Connor McLean, June Kim, Taneshwari Rajendran, and Cheryl Nguyen. On the Sidelines is sponsored by the University of Toronto's Student Engagement Grant.